Welcome to Open Wars, the QPR podcast. Um, what to make of um, football's football's probably been on the list of unimportant things this week. But as as many people have said, and I think it was a quote of a former manager from Paul's least favourite football team, Carlo Ancelotti, I think, who said football's the most important of all the least important things. Um, but I might stand corrected on that. So we'll try and talk a little bit about whatever there is to talk about um, for sort of half an hour or so. So I'm David Fraser, um, if you're just tuning in for the first time, and joining me by Skype, because we usually obviously do this round the table together, but for clear reasons we're not. So the first one joining me is um, another one of the founders from the podcast, Paul Finney. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you doing? Yep, yep, yep. Um, I've self isolated my brain. So, yep, yep, I'm coping. It's bloody I weird. Think you were doing that anyway, though, weren't you? Yeah, you see. Do you know what? It's really weird. I'm hearing birds singing first thing in the morning again. The dog's reacting every time he sees an airplane. It's all very strange stairs. But, yep, we're okay. We're hanging in there. Uh, and let, let me say before I introduce the other one that I. So if you live in Bunnett or North London and you happen to hear this Saturday afternoon or in and around the area and you haven't sorted out either your own or your kids' flowers for Mother's Day for tomorrow, I have just given... I gave Paul a call this morning in the same predicament and I already have the flowers in my house beautifully delivered. So if anybody... I give I give you a shout-out, Paul. If anybody's in the same predicament, give them a shout-out now because it's it's a rapid service, Paul. You're all right. Sorry for scratching your car. <laughs> uh, the other laugh is is Clive. Clive Whittingham from uh, Lost for Words. How are you, Clive? Bored. Jesus. It's <laughs> so, week, Clive. It's so dull. It's only been, what, two weeks I've been off. But, oh, my goodness. What are you doing, busy Clive? watching the Thai Premier League? The Thai Premier League is still playing, I believe. Yeah, I've been watching the classic games that the club have been doing. I think that's quite a good idea. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna it's getting to me already. It's not good, is it? <laughs> have you got cabin fever yet, Clive? Yeah, well, I've been on my own all week. Um, Simo came right. back last night, so at least I've got someone to talk to now. But I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure how good or bad that is, to be honest. But yeah, so uh, yeah, it's been a long week. Are you reacting like yourself in the crowd every Saturday with like loads of Peroni and stuff? We did that last night, yeah. I've I've rationed it, so only Friday and Saturday. So we we had a bit of a sit last night, and uh, I'm feeling the effects of it this morning. To be honest, but it's not even the morning anymore, is it? It's what, <laughs> that, should, that should tell you everything you need to know. David, we got a live. Um, what's that? We got a live one here, Clive with a hangover. Never <laughs> known the man before, is it, Clive? So unusual. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair. Well. This is all very strange for all of us, clearly. We haven't, uh, we think uh, it's quite important to keep the podcast going uh, over the sort of next period um, because everybody needs every tiny little bit of QPR content that they can get their hands on, even if we're kind of metaphorically twiddling our thumbs a bit. So we'll try our best. 
we think we think we'll do it Saturdays. Um, Amy said it's kind of out there over the weekend where probably everybody has got the, probably the worst cabin fever. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to say before I jumped into it was hope everybody out there is doing well. I hope uh, perhaps some of our listeners are not being well. Um, if that's the case, uh, we wish you all the best. We hope you're all getting through, all getting through it, and that hopefully. We're providing a little bit, a tiny little bit of kind of um, uh, uh, help to getting through the cabin fever. Um, we have got a sponsor. We're very lucky that we're still being very well supported. So thank you for that. As we said last week, we usually have a beer sponsor. But given that we're recording it on a Saturday morning and in the current climate, uh, we've changed that to our antibacterial wipe sponsor. And this week, thank you very much to Brian Daly, who's the episode sponsor and has supported us. So thank you very much, Brian. Brian. Right. I think there was literally one piece of QPR news this week, wasn't there? And we're going to be joined by um, Mark Pugh very soon, um, who's who's sort of going to tell us what it's like for everyone at the club. But as far as I can see, the only actual piece of news was the announcement by the clubs or the EFL that they have put the season back even further to no earlier than the 30th of April, and I suppose the second part of that news is that they the Euros are off, thus leaving time for the season to be completed, and it does feel like there's very much the desire there for uh, the season to finish. So, Clive, what 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 do you make of that? Well, I don't I don't think it will start on April the thirtieth. I think that's a a holding uh, a holding date, if you like. I think that will get pushed and and pushed again, probably. Um, sadly, um, yeah, we said last week that you know it kind of all hinged on the Euros moving. So I'm pleased that they've bitten the bullet and admitted that that's inevitable. Um, Warburton, Mark Warburton, was on Sky at the start of the week and actually made more sense um, of this than just about anybody else I've heard, to be honest, saying that basically once we have a, a proper start date then just everything moves by whatever the gap between now and then is so if the start date's in three months time then all the june the 30th contract expiry that gets moved three months the transfer window gets moved three months you just kind of freeze it and mm. uh, re- and then hit restart on that date and then you take the pain further down the line be that next season or the season after that had to cope with the qatar world cup um you take the pain further down the line, but you, you have to complete the season, which I think we all agreed with last week. However funny the uh, Leeds United thing would have been, I think you do have to finish the season, don't you? Do you know what, Clive? I'm just thinking if that World Cup could actually be rearranged. It, it seems staff that we're going through all this, and then they're going to go through with the most insane World Cup known to man um, as well. Yeah, but I, I did hear Wolverton. Although thought... it might not be insane now. No. It might have kind of the whole world might have adjusted to make that World Cup seem to be at a very sensible time. David, the positioning, the, the place I have with the World Cup, the human rights issues, everything, that World Cup will not be seen by any stretch of the imagination, whatever well, happens. No, Sadly. no. I was talking about the scheduling, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah. So um but yeah, I thought Mark Warburton was cloud what you thought. I thought it was really, really, really impressive. And you can tell he's had a He's worked outside football. Not that there's anything wrong with people who have spent all their lives in football, but he's got that different take of things, don't you think? 
I thought he was. I was. I was actually quite proud that he was ours by the end of it. Mm. I was. I was really impressed. I mean, that does come with the caveat that it's not hard to stand out on a panel of Alan Smith, Sean Harvey, and Skybot Two Point whoever it was. But he just he made the most sense um, of any of them, and he just spoke really clearly, concisely. You know, salient points. Everything he said made sense. You know, I should probably um, probably watch him for tips for this podcast. Really. <laughs> You, you do very well, although Jim is a sensible one. And, uh, we know. We did, we, didn't we sign a player this week? So we've signed this Danish lad, haven't we, who seems like he was a bit of a teenage sort of, well, not wonder kid, but certainly played for all the Danish international youth teams and then got a real bad injury and basically hasn't played any football at all for about, you know, hasn't even been signed in the club for about 18 months. So we've, you know, taken a bit of a flyer. Um on the, you know, I guess he's just going to play for the under 23s and, and see. That'd be brilliant if it comes off. Like, I mean, he looks like a footballer, though. <laughs> he's got, yeah, the tattoos and all of that, I guess, yeah. Did you see that thing with Leisner as well on um, Twitter? That was brilliant, by the way. The, the, the press ups with his little girl on his back. Uh, just yeah, was it? <laughs> that was cute, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And at, at the moment, we, we should be playing Fulham, but I like the way the, the, the club have put Fulham online. And I think what we should do with these things, I don't know what you think, David, I don't know what you think, Clive, is when they put these online, we go on Twitter and abuse the other fans via Twitter. That's what. You're, <laughs> that's how you're going to spend your time. Does that, does that say more about me? That's what you do, do generally. Um. With regards to the end of the season and when they start again, and I say this with a full knowledge of COVID-19 and the way that it spreads, but it's I think the government talked yesterday about having restrictive measures that kind of go up and down and in and out, and that just leads me to think that if you add into that recipe the fact that clubs are desperate for cash, desperate to keep the show on the road, I wonder if that's going to mean when there are slightly less restrictive measures, they will continue with the season, but they will continue with it behind closed doors. So I just wonder if they will complete the season, but none of us will get to be there and see it. Um, I think, I mean, I've been watching some of the NRL, uh, which is still going on in Australia behind closed doors. And honestly, it's so weird. And, uh, it, you know, it detracts from the spectacle so much. I mean, I, it's really sort of set me against it, to be honest, watching that this week. I think it's a last resort, but I think they'll do whatever it takes to get these nine or ten games out of the way. And then, then they can have an off season of however long and then reassess what you're going to do for next season. So if that's the only way, then I think they'll do that. But you've got to remember that a lot of the clubs really depend on those people coming through the doors. So, mm. you know, it would get the season finished, but to play behind closed doors, even sort of four or five games is really going to set a lot of the lower league clubs back uh, quite far. So I think it would be a last resort. It would, but I, I'm sure they would, if they had that system, if they did that, I'm sure they would do things like relax the um, laws on broadcasting online and broadcasting in this country in the same way that you can pay, I think it's a fiver. Is it a fiver or a tenner when you're abroad to watch each game? I would have thought if they're behind closed doors, they'll have they'll introduce that system here. And so I hope to have some revenue. It's so sterile. Uh, I agree with Clive. It, like I just can't it is. It is, and you're saying that after three days or a week behind closed doors. 
But after six weeks, I get what Pep Guardiola is saying, that football's nothing without the fans and he'd rather not play than play in front of fans. But after six weeks, would you rather not have anything or would you rather watch a game? Would you rather watch a game with no crowds there? I think what they'll do, my own honest opinion is, not that it matters as much because I'm a bin lid, but I think what they'll probably do is, as Clive says, they get this season out of the way. They might play the rest of the FA Cup games until the final behind closed doors and get that ready. And then I reckon you just have a pre-season, maybe two weeks or whatever, and then go straight into next season. I think that that's what they'll probably do because... You know, so many teams rely on crowds and stuff to get them through, and it's just and and people through the door and bar and stuff. I just can't see it, David. You know, it's just gonna it'll hurt the lower league clubs so hard that it, it could close them for good if they don't get people through them doors. Do you know? I don't think any of the cup competitions will finish this year. FA Cup, oh, really, Europa and Champions League. I think they'll just, I think they'll call those. Um, maybe. I mean, I just, although they I just, may do like the rugby league. They may do like a rugby league style magic weekend, wouldn't they, with some of those cup competitions and do all the games in a few days? Yeah, they could do. I just, I think basically the whole of Europe now is just focused on getting its leagues finished to, well, they, that horrible wanky term, preserving the integrity of the competition. You don't need to finish the cup competitions for that, do you? So I think they'll just get the league games out of the way and, and call it. I, I can't imagine mm. the effort. Get the FA Cup will be finished this year. That's a fair point, yeah. actually. I feel sorry as well. I know it's a bit off topic, but I feel really sorry for the League of Ireland clubs. Their season's only kicked off, and, and God knows what state they're going to be in by the end of this. Yeah, same with rugby. Same with rugby league. I mean, yeah. they, the rugby league really depend on their their crowds, and we're only. Well, I think we're only five or six games into that, and they've had to put the season on hiatus. So I think there'll be a lot of. Uh, a lot of problems in that. Thinking about the FA Cup, I'm, is, I'm amazed that this year wasn't the year we picked for our run. That, w- that would have been a very QPR thing. <laughs> Get to the quarterfinals or something, and then this happens. That would have been the most QPR thing ever. You mean but, there's more? You mean there's more games in the FA Cup, Clive? <laughs> well, not this season, there isn't. Yeah, you might be right about the Cubs. Actually, I didn't think of it that way, but you're right because that will matter so much as you said last week. Promotion, relegation, playoffs were. Lawyers will be sitting there with their, by their phones waiting for them phone calls once they make a decision, which probably will happen anyway, I imagine. But yeah, I suppose just get this, just get it out of the way. It's, the sad thing is, we were starting to play some really good football again. Um, and I'm gutted I missed that Preston game night. Really gutted. Um, right. Should we talk to Mark Pugh? Let's well. uh, see if he's around um, and see what he is up to. Mark, thank you for joining us. We've just been talking about how bored we are. And I know you're giving it all the cooking and the exercising on Instagram, but you must you must have cabin fever like the rest of us by now. Oh, to be honest, I'm, uh, I'm really good at the minute. Um, been for a walk down to the beach with the kids today, the missus, been for a run this morning. Uh, I think it's, I, I usually write a to-do list in the morning and just keep my uh, day filled full of business, uh, cooking, running, fitness, exercise, bit of everything really. And um, the days fly by, but to be honest, I love going out for a coffee, so it's a, it's a bit of a killer in that respect. Um, also, you mentioned you've got kids. Well, like the rest of us, you are, you, you've you got a new job as a, a headmaster on Monday, surely. Um, uh, which we're all gearing up for. How's the homeschooling looking? You know what? Just before you called me, we were just doing some uh, homework we've been set, actually. So we've done about 40 minutes. We've gone over 20 less. And, uh, well, yeah, Monday, it's uh, 
it's actually a lot busier than uh, going to work training. <laughs> Which they become um, a they start drinking vodka, then your trouble start. <laughs> Not wrong. I know. I know. I'm uh, dreading them days. So, so Mark, it's about I think it's ten days maybe since um, the season was uh, put back and you guys were sent home. What what happened? What happened from a, the player's perspective? And what's happened since? Um, it all happened really quickly, actually, because we, um, we were basically preparing for the game uh, last Saturday, um, doing our usual Friday's lesson, um, and the gaffer mentioned we were going to get told around 10.30 what was going on. So instead of having a, a light training session preparing for the game on Saturday, um, the session got extended. We had to do a lot more running, um, uh, fitness work, mixed with games, that kind of thing. So... Mentally, you're thinking, here we go, but you've just got to get your head around it. And at the end of the day, um, you know, the health, safety of, of everyone involved is the most important thing. But as you can imagine, the football world, I think everyone's chomping at the bit for it to start back up. But in the meantime, we've just got to respect the government, you know, what, what they're saying about things. And um, do as best we can, really. And have you, you guys have been set fitness plans? Is there stuff that you're supposed to be doing every day or is it a general just keep yourself as fit as you can? Yeah, to be fair, our fitness coach is absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, they've set us plans um, and because it's been extended again up until the 30th, um, they're sending out new programmes on Monday for, for the lads to, you know, do various um strength and exercises, endurance, mixed with, you know, robustness. There's a bit of everything, really. Um, they're really good. Um, they're on it. And uh, as a professional footballer, you've just got to be, um, you know, keep yourself in good shape because at the end of the day, we might get a phone call and uh, and the, the FA might say, we're starting games up in two weeks and we've got to be ready to go again. Oof. <laughs> The timing of it wasn't uh, wasn't great, was it, Mark? Because we were, we were just starting to play really well after we'd come out of that bad run. I mean, how did how did you feel the team was uh, was going at the time of the stoppage? Yeah, six games unbeaten. We we had a bad run. Um, we always believed because we've got such a talented squad. We've got a great uh, balance of young um, players with mixed with experience, and yeah, we had a good little run going. We even if we weren't playing well, we were. We were picking up victories. We were really poor for staff against Preston, but showed great character to come back um, in the second half. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was bad timing for us, that's for sure, because um, we felt like we were performing well. We had that confidence. We had, we had we were in the rich vein of form, really. So, um, but we've just got to mentally strong and pick ourselves um, up, and you know, basically uh, carry on what we're doing. I know, I don't, um, I'm not asking you to, to blow smoke um, at, your, at your teammates, um, and I'm sure you, it's all about keeping their feet on the ground and everything, but you're an experienced uh, player. How, we, how good are the young players that we've got in our team at the moment? Because we've, we've been really excited watching Bright and Eze and, and Ilias this, this year. And uh, you, Like I say, you're an experienced player. How, how good are they? Yeah, they're absolutely excellent. I mean, and you forget how young they are as well. Real young players, great, talented. And, uh, you know, if they carry on doing what they're doing, they're destined for the top. I mean, um, you know, Ebbs is scoring goals, getting assists, Brighty the same. Ilias has uh, been in good form. He's, he's, he's been between me and him. He's, he's 
getting in the starting eleven. I mean, we always have a joke with each other. Then, you know, one of us is going to come off after six to six five minutes. But um, <laughs> it's great. It's great competition for places, and um, you know, I'm, I absolutely love it because being a little bit older, I know I've got my work cut out. I've got to keep performing as well as I can because. It was a difficult start to the season there for me personally. I had to bide my time a lot and, you know, settle for the odd 10, 15 minutes here and there. And as a as a player, you can't really get um, any rhythm. You need to be starting games. And, um, you know, it's easy for me to say being a footballer, but people on the outside world, sometimes um, they don't realise that match fitness is absolutely massive because if you're getting chucked into a game and you're not ready and match fit, then, you know, with the... Um, athletes these days you get eaten up yeah you did have to bide your time at the start of the season i get did you uh, did you sort of anticipate that being the case when you when you dropped down out of the premier league to to join us um i mean how how difficult was that that first half of the season um to be honest it, it was um it was absolutely brilliant because it pushed me along that and it, coming from the premier league you know, no one's guaranteed a place in the starting 11 you just got to work hard and um prove a point to everyone. I mean, as a player, you, you've got to prove yourself every time you step on the football field. So it's um, it was a massive challenge for me. I didn't know too much about the squad. I played against uh, QPR for Hull City when I went on loan last season. And 2-0 uh, up, we, uh, we absolutely battered you. And uh, you ended up going to all. <laughs> so, um, but, um, you know, that was just... I didn't know too much about it. But when you see um, our attacking lineup. Um, I think you sometimes just got to hold your hands up, work as hard as you can, and uh, do everything possible to get in the team. And do you have an opinion on how and where we go forward from here? About you know, because there's a lot of talk about abandoning the season or finishing the season behind closed doors, or there's all these different options being discussed as a player. Do you have an opinion on it? To be honest, I don't have an opinion whatsoever. I mean, me personally, I'm going to be ready whenever you know it starts back up. I mean, we first and foremost with uh, the health and safety, as I've mentioned before, is the most important thing. And um, you know, we've got to be ready for it. It's 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 massively important. It'd be, it'd be amazing if we could finish the season, but at the end of the day, we've we've just got to do what we're told. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's, um, we're in a great position, six points off the playoffs. So it'd be devastating if we couldn't, um, you know, give that one final push. And on that, Mark, the six points off the playoffs thing, at the point that the season got suspended, how much did that feature in the players' minds, in Mark Warburton's minds? I know everybody says one game at a time and all that, but you can be honest with us. We're all stuck at home here for a while, so you may as well be honest with us. We won't tell anyone. Were you, <laughs> you guys starting to talk about that as a real possibility? Um, I think you talk about it every day. You've got to dream big. I mean, I've always been taught and I've always had that mentality that, you know, it's um, you've got to dream as big as possible. And I've, I've mentioned I've played in the Premier League for six years now with Bournemouth. And um, it's um, it's where everyone wants to be. You want to play, test yourself against the best players in the world. Um, and it's it's just incredible for the fans, incredible for the players. And um, you saw Aston Villa last season. They were nowhere to be seen. Um, they went on a run towards the end of the season, scores in the playoffs, and um, they went up. So you've just got to believe. Believe as a squad, believe as a fan base, and um, who knows where where that could take us. The, the weird thing is, though, Mark, it was quite 
as a fan, it was quite gut wrenching because we were getting it together. We were just on the on the cusp of things, and you could see what the system Mark was putting in place, and it was starting to pay off. So, you guys must have been absolutely devastated as well, because I'm sure with the games we had coming up, we could really make a push for them playoffs. And I'm not being unrealistic. I really do think we could have, we really could have gone for it. What do you guys think? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Momentum's a massive thing in the championship, especially because uh, you better run a game together and uh, you can be flying up the league table before you know it. Four or five back-to-back wins um, and you're in amongst it. And uh, yeah, it's devastating. It, it came at the wrong time for us, but we can turn that on its head and... You know, it's, it's give us a, a well-earned rest, but we can keep on top of our fitness. We can keep ourselves strong, and everyone's in the same boat. If we go back stronger and fitter than the rest of them, then you know, it's uh, we can turn that to our um, advantage. I was going to ask you about that, Mark, the fitness side of it, because there's a lot of talk in football about match fit and being ready. You know, being fit, and there being a difference between being match fit. But at the point that these restrictions get lifted and the game's going to come back, there's not going to be a pre-season, is there? It's kind of going to be, right, let's get ready to go as soon as possible, presumably. So that that prospect must be very unusual. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, like, like I say, match fitness is completely different, but if you're ahead of the game and you're doing everything in your power to be fitter than the opposition, you know, you can be fitter, you can be mentally stronger, you can, you know, if you go onto that field thinking, I'm going to get the better of my, my opponent here and work tirelessly until you do, then you're going to come out on top. But yeah, like I say, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a quick turnaround. We might get two weeks before the first game and it's going to be sort of a mini pre-season. We'll probably do fit, fitness testing the first day we go back just to, see where we're at and what level of fitness we're at and um you know we've got to be we've got to be right in it and um ready to go and how have you heard from the other lads in this time how how have your teammates been yeah we've got lads group we're always uh chatting on there every now and again and uh everyone seems good doing a good place of um everyone seems to be keeping fit and to be honest we've got a real honest bunch of lads who want to do well they want to work hard every day um you don't try and skip corners. And um, I've been really fortunate personally over the last few years. We had a great set of lads at Bournemouth who, you know, they, they didn't start at the top. They wanted to work hard for everything they had. And QPR is exactly the same. Um, you know, the, the finances, they don't play a part at the moment. Everyone wants to be at the top of the ladder. We've got a young, hungry squad mixed with some uh, experienced lads who, you know, they, they don't want to stand still. They don't think they've achieved everything. They, they want to achieve more. That's good to know because when you do come back and we can kick into it and then we get to the playoffs, then we win the playoffs and win the premiership. How are you going to feel against playing against Bournemouth next season, Mark? That's going to be strange. <laughs> oh, we'll just have to beat them, won't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, to be fair, it'd be lovely. It'd be lovely. I'd absolutely relish it. Um, well, bearing in mind that Bournemouth is still in the Premier League because it's... Uh, it's a real tough league at the moment. You you, you see at the the big clubs down there that no one's safe and um, you've got to keep working every year. So, but no, that'd be amazing. I mean, uh, who knows what can happen with um, you know hard work and belief. I'd say, I'd say another thing. Sorry, sorry, dear, but one other thing, Mark, is um, 
no one really listens to this podcast apart from a few, few thousand QPR fans, and they're not going to tell anyone. Have you found the refereeing in the Championship compared to the Premiership? Because we think it's crap. <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much, but um, all I'll say is there's a reason that some are in the Championship and not Premier League. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I, 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 I promise you, you can say what you like. The disciplinary panels are all suspended. They've got more important things to worry about. <laughs> to be honest, it's a real difficult job. I mean, some decisions this year, you look at them and you think, oh, it's never a penalty. And then you see it back on the TV and you'll think, yeah, it actually was. Um, so with how fast-paced the game is now, especially the championship games, it's, it's real difficult for the referees to keep up. So, you know, I do, you know, it's difficult to batter them too much because they've got a real tough job. You can't, you can't please anyone. I mean... Every decision they make, someone disagrees with it. So, but yeah, I agree with you. Some decisions this year have been, uh, have been tough ones on on our behalf. But we have had the rub of the green on certain occasions as well. So, um, I think over the course of the season, it does even itself out. Yeah, and well said. Mark, I wanted to ask you about the club and how you found QPR because you have spent a long time at another club that has got a good reputation for being very well run for being a family club, for investing in young, good managers, uh, and so on. And your time there comes to an end, and then you come to QPR, which I think any fan will tell you has been turbulent over the years. But there is a hope that uh, um, that was Clive, by the sounds of it. How have you found the transition to a club, and how have you found QPR? You know what? I've really enjoyed it. Uh, like I say, Bournemouth was a family club, and I get that feel about the place at QPR. I mean, um, the backroom staff, um, you know, from the gaffer up to the owners, are absolutely brilliant. And uh, I have a lot of respect for them how they've run the club because they've had some difficult times over the last few years financially, and uh, they've got it back to where it needs to be um, financially. So hopefully... Um, we can get get the club back into the Premier League where it deserves. And, um, yeah, I've, I've adapted really well. A lot more travelling. Um, I stay up a few nights a week, once, twice a week, mixed with a little bit of travelling back to Bournemouth. Um, so it's it's been difficult, um, especially when you're not in the team because you're looking at it and thinking, oh, you know, I just want to be starting games playing football. But um, it's all worth it at the end of the day when you step out on that football field and play in front of the fans and, especially winning winning games. Winning is the best feeling in the world in football. And, um, you know, to get that momentum and playing games and winning games, it's, um, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a completely new challenge for me. Um, whereas rolling out of bed at 8 o'clock, half 8, going, going down to Bournemouth, just down the road, 15, 20 minutes. I'm up at half 5 every day now and, you know, 10 past 6, I'm out the door um, travelling to QPR. But I absolutely love it great challenge for me and um, uh, by the way you're absolutely right about you and Ilias and your substitutions because uh, a few weeks ago uh, I asked uh, Jack Opta to check it out and apparently you've been rotated with each other 13 times this season which is easily <laughs> easily the most at QPR and uh, I believe the most uh, uh, in the league although I don't think that's been properly checked, checked out um, but yeah uh, what was I going to ask you? One final thing. Um, you are you've got you've got quite a following on Instagram for your food. Um, we are recording around lunchtime, Mark. So what have you what 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 what's the next meal mean for you? 
<laughs> oh, the next meal for me, actually, funnily enough, I've literally just banged it in the oven. Um, I'm slow roasting a, a lamb shoulder with loads of rosemary, garlic, thyme, uh, gravy, and then I'm going to roast some potatoes, carrots, broccoli, veggies, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll have that later with the family. Very what nice. Shall I do? You, what shall I do with my panic-bought chopped tomatoes? I've got to go <laughs> stacked everywhere. What should I do? <laughs> oh, I've just got a new bread line on. I'm doing a nice little uh, uh, bruschetta. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, to be honest, it's difficult at the minute. The shops have got absolutely nothing in. I mean, we uh, we basically bought our meat three or four days ago to last us till Monday, um, and then we're just basically reusing vegetables, trying to do the best we can. It's difficult times for everyone at the moment, um, and you just feel for, especially the NHS workers who were, you know, working tirelessly and they haven't even had chance to go get the food. I saw I saw someone on. Um, on the news the other day, and she was in bits, bless her, because um, she couldn't, she didn't have time to pop to the shops, and when she did, everything had gone. So you just, it makes you appreciate, you know, the, the, the small things in life. And I think once we come out, you know, of this, uh, once the coronavirus disappears, I think everyone will appreciate the smaller things in life a lot more. Well said, Good true. Good man. Mark, thank you very much. Good luck. Good luck. At, Absolute um, pleasure. Cheers, pal. Be brilliant. Good luck at keeping the fitness up. We'll see you at Wembley. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Have a look out for the bald Irish man with glasses. That's me. (laughs) Take care, Mark. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers, pal. Bye. Bye. He was brilliant, Um, wasn't he? He was. You you know what I thought? I thought we had all those, those years of kind of these... The Mark Hughes years, let's be honest, uh, and others, where we would pick up players that had been at other clubs for many years and they didn't quite put a shift in. And I think we've got two players right now in Angel Rangel and Mark Pugh who have been at other clubs for a long time and are club legends at those clubs, um, but have come here and are seem to be really, really good pros and have not come here with any pretensions or have not come here just kind of hoping to sort of smoke a metaphorical cigar for the last year or two of their lives as a a professionals, but have come and, and if I use a terrible sort of business phrase, have genuinely added value uh, and are kind of worth coming. And, And I just got that from him. He's so pumped, isn't he, about his fitness and wanting to do do well and wanting to come back running and talks about things like just being fitter than the other team when they come back and stuff like that. And I think it's brilliant. I was really impressed. I think it makes a change. I think, you know, never, never do we want to go back to them days. And I'd, I'd rather have these sort of players and the young players over any of their mercenaries that came and just still living for the years they were here. So, yeah, and long may that continue. And hopefully the club, have, I think they have learned. I mean, there's there's no point people saying, oh, they haven't learned a lesson. I think they've learned a brutal lesson. And um, it was a hard one to take. But, you know, now, now we've come out of that. Let's, let's hope this is the way we go forward. Whatever happens, if we do make it back to the Premier League again, we're never so bloody stupid ever again. And, um I still hit Mark Hughes. Always have hit at Mark Hughes. I never wanted him anyway. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Oz End. That Ours time end. already, David? That time already. But I, I miss having chats with people. I mean, you know, I, I miss meeting you guys and sitting down and getting on your nerves. It's, I feel like I'm not doing my purpose in life. Well... 
That is one advantage of not doing a podcast face to face, I suppose. <laughs> oh, that's, you know what? that's not what I'm you gonna, meant. I'm going to have to pop around your houses and keep your company in these dark days, I think. Please do. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. We're not supposed to be doing that, are we? Um, my R's end is a no, cheap. No, I can wait for outside hours. the window. Yeah. Do that. Do that. My, <laughs> my R's end is a cheat because I am basically, my R's end is asking you what our podcast should be about next week. So we can't just keep talking about how there's no games uh, because, A, there's nothing to talk about. And B, um, I think it will make everyone even more miserable. And I asked Twitter um, what they think we should talk about. So I want to set the agenda here for next week. I have narrowed it down to um, four. So four possibilities. And what we'll do is we'll then ask people uh, on, on Twitter, on Facebook to send in theirs, and then we'll talk about it next week. So the four I want to go through with you are your favourite games. Mm-hmm. Which will, I guess we'll do a kind of selection. Uh, your favourite goals. Oh god. Your heroes eleven. So maybe you say your all-time eleven or your villains eleven. So games, goals, heroes, villains. What do you want to talk about next week? But you know what, Clive's memory. We just need to pick one of them and we'll be there for a month. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I do bit of an elephant when it comes to to QPR, right? Ah, shocking, Clive. So, what, what do you fancy, Clive? Uh, I'd always say the villains, wouldn't I? Because that's that's my mentality. But we should probably try. We should probably try and be positive. We should, let's maybe okay. uh, let's maybe pick our three favourite games um, and uh, all try not to do the Oldham semi-final. Three favourite games. Clive's three favourite games: Finney, games, goals, heroes, or villains. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Clive, and um, yeah, that, that God, we can't we can't include all of them. That'd be that'd be a, yeah, but definitely three favorite games. Oh, it could even be three games that nobody else can remember too well, but for some reason they stick out in our minds for whatever reason. And um, yeah, that's a good that's a good show. I like that. So why don't we say your three favorite games, mm. but not not no finals, no, no finals. finals. Enough to do with Oldham and aliens on the pitch. Well, we can do one. We can do one of us can do Oldham, but uh, you can't. You can't all have it. <laughs> okay. Three favourite QPR games, not including finals. So that's not the playoff final. Um, well, that would be. Oh, well, the League Cup final. If, if if anyone was old enough to be there, or if no, you're if, really if you're old enough to be there, David, you will not want to talk about that. So that was at the windy. Well played. That's one dealt with. Fine. Okay, so we'll go. We'll we'll come up with our three favourite games to talk about. And if you're listening to this, send us in a message of your three favourite games. Because and they don't have talk- to be pop- popular games. It's what they mean to you and why. Okay. So if something funny happens as well, and people have forgotten about it, because that's the other thing about games. Some things happen, you know. So yeah, the key, funnier the better. Very good. Right, that's my R's end. Oh, that was quick. What? Do you want me to go next? I'll I'll jump in because I was was watching the um, the Liverpool game that the club put on last night, um, the Jamie Mackey last minute oh. uh, winner, um, and the the two sort of things I took out of it is we were nowhere near as bad as I remembered us being in that in that game. I thought it was basically seventy five minutes of us getting absolutely torched, and then yeah. we came roaring we came roaring back at the end, and actually we weren't. Maybe I've, you know, over time I've just uh, developed 
uh, <laughs> this sort of image of that game in my mind. But we weren't nearly as bad as uh, as I remembered, uh, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed watching it back with uh, Samba Diaki. Um, but the other thing, Paddy Kenny was so good in that game. Um, and I just I wonder if all of the if they're going to play these classic matches over the next few weeks and people are going to watch them whether it might bring people back around to loving Paddy Kenny again because I know obviously after he left he gave an interview where I think he described us as tin pot um, and people have really held that against him the club were going to have him back for the forever ours thing a couple of years ago and people you know chuck their toys out the pram over it yeah he was a he was a brilliant goalkeeper for us he's one of the few players that have won a promotion um, with us and, and for us. And I just think, you know, at the time he said it, he'd just been sort of shafted by Mark Hughes and, and kicked out of the club. And we were a little bit tin pot at that stage. So I think to hold that against him is a bit harsh. And I'm just, I'm hoping that putting these classic games on might make people realise how brilliant he was for us and sort of bring bring a bit more love uh, for, for Paddy back round um, to the point where maybe he can come back and, you know, get a, a thing on uh, on the pitch at halftime. I just, he, he was just so good in that game last night. It just got me thinking. That's a great show. I mean, I think... Um, you're, you're right. You've just done your you've just done your favourite games, haven't you, for next week's <laughs> No, but you know what, Clive, you're right. I and mean, he, he did say that, but then Mark Hughes did treat pretty much everyone with horribleness that we just discussed. So yeah, I mean, I think he deserves a second chance because um, I know it's I a pre- it's a bit of a provocative term, isn't it? Tin. I think he called us a tin pot club, but like I say, at the time, and you know, not even with hindsight, we were like it's like. You know, with the, we had Mark Hughes and Keir Jarabkin and uh, Mike Rigg and his flip chart, didn't we? we? You know, it was a little bit Tim Pot. I don't think someone who achieved and was brilliant for us should have it held against him for, for speaking what probably was the truth at the time. But what we should do is we, we, we should also put a, 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 get him on the podcast and we'll have a chat with him as well. And we'll, um, we'll put that to him and he can put his side of the story across because that'll be interesting. But I'm sure he wasn't the only one who was treated badly by Mark Hughes and felt the club was being run by absolute tosspots in the yeah, Hughes time. He was right. I'll tell you another yeah. thing. I, I heard the story about Mark Hughes and you know more than me, Clive, because you, you, you know, you're in the know of these things sometimes. But I also heard that Mark Hughes didn't actually speak to players. You had to earn his respect to have a conversation with him. Did you? Well, I've, I've heard and I've read in sort of autobiographies and heard footballers on podcasts say that Hughes is very sort of distant from his squad. And if you want to talk to him, you kind of go through um, Mark Bowen or Eddie Nedzecki. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't tell you to your face um if you've been dropped or or anything like that there's actually if not to plug another podcast on this podcast but um there's a a, a podcast called under the cosh where basically shit northern footballers talk about being shit northern footballers and it's, it's there's been some really good ones but um the michael gray one uh the the lad that was at sunderland and uh, is a tv pundit now told a story about mark hughes at blackburn where his contract was up at the end of the season and Hughes didn't speak to him about it. No one from the club approached him. He didn't know whether he was getting a new deal or not. And then sort of on the last day before they broke up for the summer, all the squad was there in the dressing room and Mark Hughes just came in and was sort of uh, all the best lads stay fit over the summer. Uh, see you in June or what, and just walked out. And Mike, and he never told Michael Gray to his face that he was being released and not getting a contract. And uh, yeah, he was pretty scathing about our beloved former manager. Yep. What a knob. Uh, <laughs> Finney. <laughs> yep, I'm here. Come on, man. 
I've got to go around Mark Hughes. Mark Mark Hughes. God, Mark Hughes. I've got to go around Mark Hughes. I was going to do a terrible joke about having Lego Rosemary Lamb with him, but the moment's gone now. Go on, your arse end. That course is paying for itself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean, Clive. We have you know we haven't referenced that for a few weeks. I think Dave's forgot. We're still mentioning it. Um, No, it's just it's just my arse end is just like a kind of a. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound make this about me. But how the hell am I going to cope? I mean, my whole life is football. I'll be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a sad bastard. I've got nothing else in my life. It was all lined up beautifully. I had the Tiger Walk with Fulham, and then I was going to go watch Northern Ireland play the Republic if they both qualify, and you know, and, and maybe get over the island to watch Glen Torrance Irish Cup final. It was all looking so nice, and it's all been taken away from me. I, I'm, I'm feeling a little get bit. Get a sorry, hobby. So. Get a hobby, Shinny. Yeah, you see, you see, no, no, I don't do hobbies. I can't. But um, when you get to see. I think I we're going to learn. We're going to try and learn piano. Well, see, I tried, do you remember years ago when they had those Airfix things? And I, and I super glued my fingers to an airplane and I had to get it surgically removed. And that wasn't clever. So I don't do hobbies after that. Um, anyway, um, to all the QPR fans who work in the services, who listen to this, you guys are the business. And, you know, just even from my own mother's point of view, the courage she has, everything else, it's it's unbelievable that these pe- people are putting themselves through for us and, and the risks they're taking in the NHS and stuff. So when this is over, I'd like QPR and all football clubs to open the doors for these people for one day, let them meet players, let them be, let, let these people know how loved they are. Because I tell you what, this is a shitty time, but they're having the shittiest of it all. And, um, I think they're friggin' amazing. So anyone who listen who works in the NHS in this podcast, I'm sending you huge love, which I don't do very often to anyone. So there you go. <laughs> very good. Uh, right, I think that's it, lads. Uh, the unicorn rainbow cake was a hit, by the way. Thanks for asking. I was just about to ask you, David. <laughs> was it was it good then? It went it's down rainbow. really, really well. It went down really, really well. I've been waiting for nearly an hour for you to ask. Can you put the recipe up on our Twitter feed for anyone who wants to do it? Because I'm sure there are listeners of Dan to try it out for themselves in this, the, these weeks. The foodie, the foodie podcaster. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> really? Uh, I, a, I, yeah. I think you'll find people will be demanding this, David. I think it's been well, very if, if, if they are, then I will DM them. <laughs> I, think, I think Clive's just decided to jump through a window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. If I, I'm a little bit bereft as well without the football, so sorry if that's uh, that's come across. I'll uh, I'll make sure I'm drunk for next week's and uh, try and try and pick myself up a little bit. No worries, mate. It's it's hard for us all, but we're, we're doing it. And um, thank you to everyone still listening to us because without you, we are nothing. Literally, we're nothing. We're just sitting in isolation. That's it. We're, so we're, we're going to endeavour to be here uh, every week. Keep it going. So just keep the messages coming. Uh, anything you want us to go through, we'll try our best. Um, starting with best favourite games next week. Um, all right, guys. Have a good week, everyone. And you. Cheers, guys. Look Thanks yourself, for listening. Guys. Been open all ours. Cheers. UPR. UPR. Rangers are.